This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stampanato. This is the Stick Blade Podcast. everybody welcome back to part two of our 2020 stanley cup playoff preview slash play-in uh special episode um part one we talked about the seattle kraken the inner team scrimmages exhibition games for the playoffs and the atmosphere as well as a little bit of red wings news but in part two we're going to be doing a full-blown play-in preview for the nhl playoffs this season and the idea is we're going to be walking through each of the matchups and what we think the keys to victory are going to be for the teams playing so since this is at the end of the day a red wings and blackhawks podcast Obviously, the Red Wings aren't in it, so let's talk about just the Blackhawks and Oilers matchup. So, Tim, you watch the teams probably more than me or David do. What do you think is Chicago's biggest thing to do this matchup and the biggest thing that they need to stop from happening? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, shut down McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's that's the number one, uh, which, look, we did shut down McDavid in the regular season every time that we faced him. I know he was injured for one or two of the times that we played them during the regular season, but the times that he was healthy, he was pointless against us. Uh, now, if we're able to put matchups, like if we've got three legitimate lines and a fourth shutdown line. It's going to be a game of mix and match to see who can sh- effectively shut down those two centers and let Patrick Kane run wild. He'll, he'll be on whichever isn't them. The big thing that we need to not do is take penalties. They have the number one penal- the, the number one power play in the league. They're, they have some of the most dangerous pop, uh, power play players and scorers in the league. If you just, if we give them an opportunity to load up their best players on a tilted ice, we're done. There's no way. Like, I love Crawford, and I'm probably one of the biggest Crawford supporters in the Hawks fan base. But there's only so much you can do against that. It's not going to be beneficial. If we can capitalize on any of the penalties they take, and abuse the fact that we have the better goalie, regardless of whichever one they put in. That's what we've got to do. We've just got to we've got to outshoot them, and hope that their shaky defense is shakier than our shaky defense. And I truly believe that their goalie is not up to the same caliber as Crawford, whichever one, whether it's Mike Smith or Koskinen. Hopefully, it's Mike Smith. Dave Tippett and him have worked on the same team like three times. I think he'll defer to a veteran presence, and we can absolutely beat Mike Smith. I, I do not have a lot of faith in him as a goalie anymore. Uh, yeah, stay out of the box because they're too lethal. Uh, shut down, obviously, two of the best players in the world, and uh, take care of the you know abuse the goalie situation. 
that that's where I'm at with it. I think it's really got to be the Hawks have to play disciplined. Yep. They have to not try to make just ridiculously fancy plays. They have to not try to over, um, what's what I'm looking for? Just not overcommit to checks or, you know, to blocks. Just play a very simple game. Don't play careless with sticks or try to make anything happen that's not going to happen. Because, I mean, like you said, Edmonton has the best power play in the league, which is filled with some of the best power play players in the league. Mm-hmm. If Chicago does not play disciplined, they're going to lose this series, in my opinion. Just It's not even just that they're playing against a couple of good players on the power play. They're some of the best players in the league in general. Right. You can't put yourself at a shorthanded situation against those players, regardless of whether those players are on the ice or not. It's the fact that, you know, if Edmonton wants, they can split McDavid and Drysaddle for the play, uh, for the playoffs for the power play uh, teams. And both of them can each run a power play on their own. And that's scary for Chicago, right? Because Chicago, I don't think, is going to be able to handle two awesome power play units. If they could handle one, I think it'd be fine. But I think Edmonton just, if Chicago's careless, is going to be able to absolutely take advantage of that. But like you said, also, goaltending needs to show up for Chicago. Because I think, and I agree with you, that Chicago's got better goaltending in this matchup. And they basically just need to show up and be the better goaltenders. It's really, it's simple, but it's, it's overly simple. A hundred percent. If Crawford's on, we can win this series. If Crawford's not on or he's out and we have to play, you know, Subban or Delia, we decrease. There's no way we win this. It's going to be interesting. Oh, absolutely. And I love it. And I'm hyped. Uh, I think that getting to watch... Doc's line face off against uh, Dry Sidle and watch Taze. I can only imagine, you know, that first puck drop, and you've got Taze looking at McDavid, and McDavid's there in the playoffs, and he's excited. And I can just imagine Taze like <laughs> first time, or like <laughs> something like that, where it's like, okay, now now we're in it. And Taze, I think Taze, you know, I know that he's declined a little bit, and. People are saying, oh, he's you know, done. He's still got it. He's been looking sharp. Like, he's still a defensive monster. We can win this. All we have to do... I, I love what you said, Jordan, about keeping it simple. If we overcomplicate things, we're going to get sloppy. They're going to take advantage of it, pick us apart, and then we're going to get careless and draw penalties. Or get penalties, not draw penalties. Uh, if we keep it simple, play a clean, just... Keep peppering them, because the, sooner or later a puck will get through. That's that's me. What would you say is the key to this matchup, David? Um, I think it's going to be defense and goal sending. I mean, both teams have strong offenses. It's just who can get through and who's not going to get through. Oh. So if your goaltending and your defense can do their job, you're winning the series. Yep. Which I kind of hope the Blackhawks do, because I really don't want you guys getting that pick. I'm sorry. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. How could you, you know, I listen, you know, I'm thrilled that you're wishing me to get the Stanley Cup. I'm ecstatic about that. I appreciate it. I didn't say Stanley Cup. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's what I heard. <laughs> um, I don't I don't want any of these teams to get the first pick. I still think it's I think it's rigged and fixed that they wanted to get attention for. It. But but somebody is going to get it. So mm, if it if... cancel, cancel the playoffs. 
Someone just get a cough and they think it's to cancel. What are we, the MLB? Come on. Oh my goodness. Jordan, you see how good the Tigers have been doing? Uh, That is no. Like, how how is this even possible? We're we're supposed to suck. They're supposed to be just abysmal. Yeah, it's okay. What You'll be it? good for the week the left. First, at the first series against down. Cincinnati, like the two games we won, we struck out like times. It just that's so weird to me that the Tigers were actually decent. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, series in this playing around. Um, the Hurricanes are going to be playing against the Rangers. I think the key to this matchup is really going to be controlling the neutral zone. I think if Carolina is able to control it, they're going to run right over New York. I think that, yes, New York has some decent players on their roster. I think if Carolina's defensemen can mobilize through the middle and move it to their forward group, Carolina's going to run right over New York. I think that just they're the clear favorites here. And wow. I'm sorry. I'm gonna say it. I just. Oh, go I, ahead. Go ahead. I, no, I think Carolina's gonna win it too. I agree. Oh damn. They're not a team to be uh, trifled with, like we saw them last year in the playoffs when they upset the defending champions. Um, they're a team that plays really well together. I could see them upsetting. Well, not upsetting. I could just see them beating New York. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I think. I I'm gonna take the dissonant opinion. I I am the dissenting voice here. I think that it's gonna be. Uh, it's a five-game series. I think it's gonna be New York and four. Honestly. Uh, oh, you're wrong, and it's okay. No, and that's boy, I've been wrong before, <laughs> and I'm gonna be wrong again. Uh, it's gonna be a matchup of you've got a team that has a couple superstars in the Rangers with Panarin, uh, Mika Zbinejad, a couple other ones. Uh, Truba's, yeah, Truba's on there. And then you've got a team on Carolina where you've got Aho, you've got uh, Taravainen, got a really good defense. You've got an overall more complete team with Carolina, but you've got a, te- a good enough team. Oh, Capocacco's on there, you know. You've got a good enough team with the Rangers that you also have those superstars that at the drop of a hat could take over the game. I I think I think they do it. I think that the Rangers peak at the right time and they strike and cuz I know Carolina's worried about it. They were one of the ones that was concerned about this playoff format and for for good reason. Now, my question is which goalie for the Rangers do they play? They've got three phenom- well, they've got three really good goalies in uh, Igor Shosturkin, uh, Georgiev, and Lundqvist. I personally think, even though he lost his seat in uh, in the regular season, I think they start with Hank. I think they start with Lundqvist and give him one more shot. What about yeah, you guys? I agree. I think. You go with your proven veteran goalie in a situation like this. If he struggles, yeah, you put one of the other guys in, but I think they start. Oh, I think he's got a short leash. Yeah, absolutely. But you got to start him game one. got to start Lundqvist, right? Because, I mean, 
he's been just he's been the goalie in New York for forever, and it just it's all I don't want to say you owe it to him, but you kind of do. I mean, you do. He's been the goalie in New York for forever, and uh-huh. on top of that, just you have to imagine that he's towards the back end of his career at this oh, point. Oh, absolutely! Like, if the organization is going to give him a chance to win a cup, this is it. And yeah, you could say if one of the other guys steals the starter position from him, they do. Fair enough. But I just, I really think they're going to go with what they know at this point. I think that the Rangers know what they have in Lundqvist, and they're just going to try that instead of putting in one of these guys who does not have just the amount of reps that he does and hope that they actually pan out in the playoffs. Uh-huh. I think they'll just go with Lundqvist and say, we know what we have here. We'll run this. And there's something invaluable about playoff experience. He, he is one of the calmest, like he's got it. He, he, he's, in my mind, one of the primary reasons that they got to the finals in 2014. Uh, he, he's, the, he's their backstopper. He, he's led them to this before. I, I think goaltending is another, I think goaltending is another one where this series is going to shake out because Carolina has Mrazek. Yep. Mrazek. Yep. If it's Mrazek versus Henrik Lundqvist and they're both on, I'll take Lundqvist on any day of the week. So basically, I think we're all in agreement. It's pretty much, it's pretty much going to be Lundqvist starting at this point. But if Lundqvist does not perform immediately, New York's absolutely going to throw somebody else in. Hundred percent. My mm-hmm. my guess is Shesterkin. Okay. Um. Now, back to Carolina for a second. What do you guys think happens with them at the forward spot? Like, do you think that Svechnikov just in just to be clear to everybody who's uh, listening, Carolina also has uh, a Svechnikov <laughs> playing on the roster. We're not talking about the same roster, Svechnikov, for the Red Wings. No, the the two guy. brothers. Yeah, they loan him <laughs> to each other. Same guy. But do you guys think that Andre Svechnikov just becomes beast mode in the playoffs and just takes over games? Because, I mean, they got a hint of that playoff success last season, and they looked pretty good. And then he tried to fight Ovechkin. Oh my god. <laughs> and then he then he hit the ground. He's a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. I I think that he's gonna be a potential game changer for them. If he does go into a beast mode and he's able to complement and pull, you know, so Teravinen and Aho can do their thing and he's able to take control and drive his own stuff, that's gonna be a massive boon for Carolina that doesn't have a lot of star power. Great defense, but their their forward court is lacking in firepower. I think that's a pretty fair criticism. I mean, Carolina's not stacked at forward, in my opinion, but I think their forward group is good enough. Oh, yeah. It's not fantastic, but it's good enough. And uh-huh. they operate as a team. We saw this last year. Their chemistry and how they operate as a team is unreal. I think they're one of the best in the league when it comes to like the group mindset. Um, I mean, we saw them last year in Game 7 against the Caps where overtime, it was their period. They completely took it. They could do that all over again. We can move on to the next uh, play-in series if you guys want to. Um, the Florida Panthers against the New York Islanders. I mean, what are your guys' opinions on this one? Because mine's a toss-up. 
it's a toss-up, but I'm going to go towards the Islanders. I think Barry Trotz is... Oh, wait, no. Florida Panthers have Quinville, don't they? Yep. Yeah. The Panthers have Quinville. <laughs> that, that's why I'm going Panthers. I mean, it's going to be a fun matchup with those two coaches, but I think Islanders, yes, they lost to Vares, but they look still pretty good without him. Oh, yeah. Barzell has been able to rise to the occasion. Uh, they've got some decent players. I still... I think that if you're matching up Barzell versus uh, Barkov, I I really like Barkov. Honestly, I I think his two-way play is going to be the kind of thing that gets your team over the hump in playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ekblad is still their main defenseman with Florida, I believe. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of who else... I now realize that I am blindly just supporting them because it's Quinville, uh, Barkov, and Ekblad. I don't know a lot of the Florida players. I think this one is a toss-up because I think if Sergei Barbrovsky becomes, you know, the goaltender right. that he was in Columbus, Florida can take this, and it shouldn't be really that difficult. But if Barbrovsky does not show up, I think the Islanders should take this from them. I think just... Yes, Florida has some very good players for them, but I think it's a coaching game, and I just think that the Islanders have better coaching. I think that it's just a better run system than what Florida plays. And they've got a year a year or two more of that coaching system under them than Florida does. When you're in the heat of it and you're relying on your instincts and your memory habits and your muscle memory, that... I will give the Islanders an absolute edge on. They've been here before, whereas the Florida Panthers are learning this still. This could go either way for me. If I were going to pick, I think I would just say Islanders, though. Yeah, i pick Islanders. I made my bed with the Panthers, so... <laughs> boy, our brackets are going to look real different. <laughs> um, we'll move to the next matchup. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um... Ooh, this one. Hate it. <laughs> there hate is no it. winner of this matchup. They decide just to call it quits, and they both quit. Here's the thing. I want Montreal to win, but that goes against what they've already conspired to get the first overall pick. So I understand that Pittsburgh's going to have to win for this all to fall into place. It's really, at this point, it's, look, the teams are playing to lose. The loser gets Lafreniere, the winner gets to go to the playoffs and just be be awesome. Montreal hasn't won forever. Crosby and Malkin are well, Crosby and Malkin. And if Crosby gets Lafreniere next to him, awesome. If Montreal gets Lafreniere, awesome. Like, there's no losing in this series for either of these teams. Well, mm-hmm. there... There is, because even if one of them loses, we talk about this as if, oh, the, if they lose, they're going to get him. But they've got like a one out of eight or ten chance. Like something, some, I think it's like one out of eight chance that they could get it. I still don't like those odds. Is it really? Is it really? You're right. You're right. It's, I've been saying it's Montreal from the beginning. It, if we're actually looking at this, as a serious series and not with our tinfoil hats. Pittsburgh has the natural edge, in my mind, obviously. You've got Crosby and Malkin, uh, Gunsel. Um, they've got, if Latang is healthy, he's a phenomenal defenseman for them. Uh, 
you've got the combination of Matt Murray and Tristan Jari at goaltender. They've got a more complete team, along with the superstars that Montreal just doesn't have. Shea Weber's phenomenal. Carey Price could still steal the show. And you've got, like, it's like Carolina. You've got a bunch of good players, but you don't have necessarily the X factor. That's the thing. Like, I think that Montreal overall has better depth than Pittsburgh does. But it's like you said, they don't have that guy who just breaks games open and says, this is my game. Like, they don't have that player skating around for them on the ice. Mm -hmm. And Pittsburgh's got two of them. If Crosby has an off night, Malkin steps up and vice versa. Because, I mean, I'm trying to like think of Montreal's roster right now, right? Like, they don't have, you know, that franchise-defining centerman. They don't have <laughs> that franchise-defining winger. They they have some good guys, but they just they don't have those players who you look at their team and you just say... Yep, this guy is going to be for sure the guy who is on the stat sheet every night who is just torching this series. They don't have that. They have a ton of guys that would be phenomenal second and third that they have. Mm-hmm. He's well he should be in a he should be a Selkie finalist as far as I'm concerned. I think he's phenomenal. Uh but that's who you want is maybe your second line center. Like I think are they still using Druin uh, as their first line center, or or is he a winger now with them? Either way, Kokaniemi went back down to the Laval Rockets. Uh, you've got some good wingers like Gallagher's a good winger. Uh, uh, I like him a lot for a game. Yeah, and that's it. It just I don't know. I think it's hard to justify say, has those guys who can yeah, crack games I, open. The only way that Montreal wins this is if Carey Price is the Carey Price of, like, 2015, 2016. I think Pittsburgh wins it. Okay. So I think we're pretty much all in agreement that Pittsburgh is walking away with this one. Um, We'll move on to uh, the last uh, playoff round in the Eastern Conference. Um, The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Huh. I huh. want to say Toronto. I want to say Columbus. Okay, do tell. <laughs> I get it. I know I know that that's not going to be the common one, but Columbus has a lot of time to heal up. Um they just got Josh Anderson back on the roster. Um I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is That's a made-up name. It, <laughs> I promise you that's a real person. Uh you know, he's phenomenal. Uh, he's the kind of first-line center that you're looking for on your team. They've got the, one of the best, if not the best, one of the top three best uh, first pairings of defense in the league with uh, Seth Jones and, uh, I always butcher his name, is that Warinsky? So, yeah, Zach Warinsky. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that I want for the wings because him and Larkin are best buddies. I can see that. Oh, that'd be that'd be slick actually for you guys. Um, but you've got those two. Uh, whether their goalie is Corpusalo or Elvis Merzlikens, which is another fantastic made-up name. That's They've another got fake good name names on that team. Uh, they're both service like they're both good enough 
that they can keep you in the game. I I think that Toronto can be exposed for their defensive holes, frankly. I think they're top-heavy. That's why I think Toronto walks away with the win here. Like, Toronto is so ridiculously stacked at the forward position. Like, there's no reason that team should not be putting up seven or eight goals a night. Just, man, like, you look at their forward group and you say, how is this team not a definitive contender? But it's... It's like you said, you look at their blue line and then you just do like the cringy, uh. Yep. And I get, you know, you look at Matthews, Marner, Tavares, like Kaspari uh, Kapanen, like they've got a phenomenal top six forward core. But after that, it leaves something to be desired depth wise. And I think that with their running gun style, I think that Torts and Columbus can wear them down. I think that I, I think that they're going to be able to beat them. Uh, I think it's a now the only thing in my mind for Toronto's favor is the fact that it's a best of five series and not a best of seven. But I do believe that their defense that that Columbus's defense can hold Toronto's top six at bay. And I don't believe that Toronto's defense as a whole can keep Columbus out. Part of like part of me also wants to see the Maple Leafs win, not even because they've just not had success for so long, but also just, man, that team is in cap hell and they haven't even had any <laughs> notable playoff success. Like, Yeah, I kind of love it. You gotta justify those dollars eventually to your fans, right? Like, here's my justification: Team Chaos over here, they get to a point where they have to blow up the team, like, and all uh, those fantastic Mitch, you know, Mitch Marner goes somewhere, Matthews goes to Arizona, where it was always destined to be. Uh, the Leafs blow up, <laughs> like they blow up before they actually had the playoff success. That is usually what triggers the blow up. Too close to the sun. <sighs> David, what do you think's happening? Toronto. I think Toronto wins it. Um, Columbus. Um, I mean, I think Columbus has talent. So does Toronto. I think Toronto has the better talent. Fair. So I think they beat them in, you know, I would say four games at the most. I don't think it's five. Really? Wow. Okay. Interesting. Um... We can go ahead and move on to the Western Conference. Um, now, we already talked about the Hawks and the Oilers series, so we're not going to talk about it again, obviously. Um, the next one, the Predators and the Coyotes. I think I think I want to get your guys' opinions on this one first before I chime in. I am guessing that I'm going to give the dissenting opinion again. I'm going to go Coyotes. I, I think that they're buzzing. I think that... If they get those line combinations, if they can find some proper chemistry, Oliver Ekman Larson is a hero on defense. I love him. Jalmerson was one of my all-time favorite Hawks, and he's going to lock down their blue line. Um, you've got a couple former Hawks in Schmaltz and Hinnestroza. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, Clayton Keller. Ta- Taylor Hall is going to be wanting to prove that he's worth what he's trying to sell himself with uh i think kessel is still yeah kessel's still there 
they've sneakily got a good team. Uh, and what's also cool is they've got a phenomenal goal pairing, uh, goal, goal pairing, goaltender pairing of Ranta and Darcy Kemper. I'm with you, Coyotes. Wow. Really? Yeah. I think I think they're the upset right now. They're my upset right now for not the for this. Match. I got Coyotes winning it. I think I got to go with the Coyotes as well. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't think I would originally say that at the start of the season, but you know. <laughs> Kessel Hall, that goaltending tandem's pretty good. Like, I'd imagine that they actually have a somewhat decent roster in front of them at this point to compete. And also, mm-hmm. Nashville has lost a couple of its pieces from when they were in, you know, their their best time period from a couple of years ago. Like, they're not as bolstered throughout their lineup as they used to be, and I think that's going to make them vulnerable. Their defense is still pretty solid with uh roman yossi ellis uh ekholm but yeah i i don't think they have the depth at forward and pecorine can be pretty hot and cold and he's a great goaltender don't get me wrong but he is hot and cold if arizona can catch him on a cold streak yep there's your round yep i think that pecorine might be better than either Ranta or Darcy Kemper, but I think that the Arizona goalies are more consistent, and I think that might be what saves them in the playoffs. So, weirdly enough, we're all in agreement on this one. I did not see that coming, but I love it. Hell yeah. The next round we'll talk about uh, Calgary versus Winnipeg. Huh. So, David, what, what's your what's your take on this? Who do you think is going? I'm going to go, I'm going to fly over all of you. I'm going to go Winnipeg. I think they win it, in my opinion. I, th- I I don't have a real strong opinion on either team. If I'm going to pick one of the two, I'm going to pick Winnipeg. I got to imagine Calgary. Like I think they have Cam Talbot, who's not a fantastic goaltender, but I think he's serviceable. I think at forward, they have a better group overall than Winnipeg does. I mean, yes, Winnipeg has got, you know, Patrick Laine, who is a pretty good player in his own right, but I just I don't think that Winnipeg is going to be as strong as Calgary is. I think Calgary just has better depth, in my opinion. I could be wrong about players in terms of strengths and weaknesses, admittedly, because I don't watch a ton of Calgary or Winnipeg, but just looking at the names on that list for both teams, I'd have to imagine Calgary has the edge here. I... Ooh, I'm the I'm the decision breaker. Uh, I'm going with the Jets. I'm going Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, let's fly, baby. We're flying over. I love it. Uh, putting out the fire. But I think goaltending wise, and it keeps going back to goaltending for me. You've got a phenomenal, phenomenal goalie in Connor. Oh God, Hellebuck. 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 All right, fantastic. I'm not good with name pronunciations. Uh, I he's phenomenal. Uh, and he's absolutely better equipped to keep pucks out of the net than Cam Talbot is, in my opinion. Um, you've got uh, Mark Shifley. You've got you know Patrick Laine. You've got Wheeler and Little. And then you've got guys like Lowry and Cop who can lock things down pretty tight. 
you've got a lot of depth. You've got defensively sound and aware guys. You've got a tick top six that can score goals. I'll be honest. I don't know their defensive situation. That does scare me because I know that at the start of the season, not only had they lost Buff and they got rid of Truba, but they had like three guys on injured reserve. And the fact that they were able to crawl crawl back with basically icing an AHL defense to start the year, that builds some tenacity and grit for a team. And you know I love grit. Yeah, I like grits too. They're (laughs) delicious when you put cheese in them. Oh, now you're talking my language. I'm trying to think is, uh, what's his name? Dmitry Kulikov, is he still playing for Winnipeg? I think so. I At least I don't remember him being traded. I mean, I can definitely see like an argument for Winnipeg winning. And like I said, I mean, I haven't watched either team enough to, to feel super comfortable. So, I mean, maybe it is Winnipeg's series to win, and they do. Well, here's the thing. You know, Calgary does have the real deal James Neal, Captain Cheapshot, but... You know, he's good for a couple goals. And maybe a knee to the head. Do they still have James Sneal? I thought they traded him to Edmonton. No, they... It's the other way. Wait, 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 wait. They've got Lucic. Yeah, so say, I thought they picked up... Uh... Oh, I got that flipped. They've got Lucic. That's... I don't know Lucic. what that does for them. Lucic is an animal. <laughs> Just let him smack people. That's all he's got to do. Just smack people. And, like, he wasn't terrible for Calgary this year. No, he he wasn't terrible. Which is all you can ask of him at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. I had it, I had it flipped. Uh, yeah, Lucic is not as much of a difference maker as James Neal. But they do have Johnny Hockey. They do. And if he's on, he'll be great. But which version are we getting? Again, that's a fair question. He's been so hot and cold. And this team's had a weird year with Bill Peters and Bill Peters getting fired for being a bad person. Uh, and all all the weird dynamics that have gone on for them. I don't know. I, I would almost like to see them start fresh next year. It'll be interesting. I think this will be one of the better series, though. Just I feel like this one is one of the ones that's like one of the more questionable series as well is just there's no clear favorite here in my opinion. Right. No, it's going to be they're on pretty even terms. It's going to be tight, uh but it's also going to be interesting hockey. They've got enough good players and it's it's going to be a good enough matchup that it'll be exciting to watch. We can we can move on to the last uh play in round if you guys are ready to finish wrapping up the actual play in preview. Sounds good. Um, the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> uh, before we talk about this series, can can somebody please tell me what is going on with the Minnesota Wild? Like, I think we talked about it, you know, a couple months ago. But is this team trying to be competitive or not? Because it seems like they've just been mediocre forever. I don't think they know. To be entirely honest, the way that they've burned through GMs and coaches and their theories on like player personnel haven't really shifted all that much i don't think they know if they want to go i I think they know that they can't go for it per se but they have pieces in place that they're resistant to blow up and so they are living in this pit of mediocrity i don't think highly of the wild i'll be very very honest i got a sweet logo though 
Oh yeah. I have oh, a sweet what, logo. What is it? What is their mascot? It's like it's, a bear, but inside but the bear, it has like sweet trees and a sun, and then the eye star paying homage to the to the North Star. I like that. I have a Minnesota North Stars jersey, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, there's no way that Minnesota reasonably wins this, right? I have to imagine it's Vancouver. Like it has to be Vancouver. Like who is it? Vancouver. They still have uh, they have uh, rookie sensation Quinn Hughes. Yep, Calder, they, Calder Trophy nominee. They it was it was a Brock Besser they have. Yep, Brock Besser. They've got Bo Horvat. They've got uh, Elias Pettersson. You've got uh, Markstrom in goal, and I think is Thatcher Demko backing him up at this time. I, I want to say so. That sounds right. Um, <laughs> Tyler Myers is on Vancouver, right? Um, that one I can't say for sure. I want to say that's where he went after going to Winnipeg. Uh, but regardless, you've got Quinn Hughes. Uh, they've got good. They've got good forward depth. I like their top six is great. Uh, I there's no way. I mean, the Wild have Galchenyuk now, and I think he's finally found a home with. Minnesota, and I'm so happy for him about that. Um, Spurgeon, Spurgeonson on their defense. Uh, they have a lot of underperforming. Yeah, I I can't think of a lot for them. And like like looking at Vancouver's roster. Um, yep, Tyler Myers is on the team. All right. I mean, you already mentioned, you know, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes, just to name a few. Um. Again, Bo Horvath, uh, Jake Bertanen, yeah. Markstrom. I just, I look at Vancouver's roster, and I just, I don't see any way for Minnesota to steal this from them. It, it would be the, this would be the upset of the play-in rounds. I don't think there is any other uh, matchup that would be more of an upset than if the Minnesota Wild beat Vancouver. Like, mm-hmm. It would have to be on par with when Tampa got swept by Columbus. Like yeah. you're literally talking that level of an upset. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest upset of this of the playing rounds. I would be shocked if it is not Vancouver in three. The thing is, like, I don't even really think that's a reach to say Vancouver in three. No. I think that basically everybody should pencil that in. I. I'm never one to be like, oh, that's going to be a sweep, easy. I just don't, I th- I realistically think that this will be a sweep for them. I really don't know how else it would be. I mean, maybe they give up one game, maybe one game, but. And that's always, because that's the reason I don't like to do sweeps, because a team can rally at least muster enough for one win. Now, because Tampa Bay didn't last year, but <laughs> there were a couple sweeps last year. Actually, the Islanders swept the Penguins, right? Um, yeah, I want to say they did, but that wasn't as big as the Tampa and no, uh, that one was Columbus one. To have multiple sweeps was fascinating. But I think we're all pretty much in agreement that Vancouver's winning this one, and it shouldn't be a contest. <laughs> I yeah. Okay, well, unless I missed one, that should be all of the playing team games. Um. The top four seeds are basically going to be playing a round robin, which is going to determine seeding, which I'll be honest, I don't really think is 
super meaningful to talk about at this moment because, I mean, yes, seeding matters, but making the playoffs is more meaningful. Yeah. And home ice advantage is a weird concept when you've got the same Yeah. Like, I know there's going to be little tweaks and advantages, but at the end of the day, you're playing on the same ice with the same boards. I I think it's going to be minimal. Yeah, doesn't matter as much. So that's going to be it for the actual play-in preview. Um, David, you got a couple of fan questions for us this week, which we haven't had any for a while. So We haven't. So I posted on our Reddits today, um, and on the Detroit Red Wings Reddit, um, we had three questions asked by one person. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Holy Moly, What a Goalie. So Holy Moly, What a Goalie, he asked us three questions. So I'm going to read uh, question one, and... You guys will be able to, well, especially Tim, um, you'll be able to answer this more than I can. Question one, does Duncan Keith belong in the top 100 greatest players of all time? Oh, man. Does Duncan Keith belong in the top 100 greatest players of Of all time? That's, see, that of all time right there is so weird because you've got the entire history of the NHL, like... these lists are bonkers in their own right. And I'm going to sound, I'm not going to win. However, I answer this. If I say, yeah, he is, I'm a Homer. And if I don't, then what's the matter with me? Don't I love Duncan Keith? Chicago runs on Duncan. Uh Uh, So I'm going to be a Homer. Yeah, let's do it. Duncan Keith belongs in the top 100 greatest players of all time. And this is the hill I'm going to die on. And here is my evidence. Why? He's a, before it was a big thing, and that's where defensemen were moving to. He was a puck moving, smooth defenseman who was a power play quarterback, would jump into the transition and jump into the attack. Uh, but he didn't sacrifice his defensive play to do it either. Uh-huh. He was a well he's I say was, but he is a well rounded two way defenseman. Uh, who has been one of the pillars of this team since he came up in the dark times in like 2002, 2003 uh, as a second round pick that rose to uh, being a Norris trophy winner. He, the amount of minutes that he logged during our dynasty years is it's a, it's a miracle that his body still works. I, I think it's not unreasonable to say that no team relied on a defenseman as much as we relied on Duncan Keith, especially in the 2015 Cup run, where we basically only we had four defensemen. That was it. You know, we had Keith, Seabrook, uh, Jalmerson, and Oduya, and then the husk of Roosevelt and the ghost of Runblad. Like we had Kyle Kaminsky. Yeah. That was and Kimo Timaman. Those weren't real players for us. Duncan yeah. Keith was doing everything. He was helping the forwards. He was back, you know, back skating and back checking. Uh I think when you're looking at a defenseman as an overall well-rounded defenseman not like a brent burns or an eric carlson that'll you know score a ton of goals but they're also like a minus at the end of the year the guy's also a freak of nature when it comes to physical fitness i don't know if you guys are on his instagram but you're probably not 
but the man is, you know, taking swims in lakes, and he's got this, like, his fitness is on such another level. I think he's going to push for a uh, spot on the Olympic team in 2022, even at 39 years old. I, I'll do it. I think he's in the top 100 players of all time. Um, I'm not the biggest Chicago fan, so I couldn't really say a whole lot. But right. also, thinking of 100 players, That's so... I don't know if I can think of that many players. So to put it in some perspective, yeah, I think he would. And I'll just give a couple reasons why. He's a two-time Norris Trophy winner. He's a Conn Smythe winner. He's won two Olympic gold medals, three Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, he, the two Norris trophies and the Conn Smythe alone, I think, right there. And then the rest put of that him, hardware. Yeah, put him in there. So, yeah, that's what I think. I think he belongs, and it's it shouldn't really be much of a discussion. I mean, you guys already mentioned his hardware, and that in itself is already just fantastic. But, like, you know, you mentioned him. Duncan Keith isn't a great defenseman because he's putting up, you know, 15, 16 goals a season as a defenseman. Duncan Keith is a great defenseman because he plays all situations. He plays a very true two-way game where he's not generating just ridiculous shot chances, but he's also not going to end the year minus 30-whatever. Like... There are so many defensemen in the NHL who they might as well just be forward number four when they're right. on the ice. Just if you're really looking at how they're playing, they might as well be forward number four. Duncan Keith is not that player. I mean, when Nick Lidstrom retired from the NHL, in my opinion, Duncan Keith became the best two-way defenseman in the league. And that is a fantastic title to have. I mean, you look at his play, and he's not a super big guy. He uses oh. time, spacing, and stick work to be effective. He was one of the original guys on the blue line to do that. I mean, before he came into the league and before guys like him and Lidstrom are really playing this great two-way game, a lot of defensemen could barely skate. They were all these big-bodied players who just slept to smack people. And yeah. a lot like Lidstrom, he broke that mold of defensemen have to be these big, bulky, six-foot-five guys. He's not big, but he just he beats you because of his intelligence and because of how he reads the game. And you just add that to his hardware, yeah, I think the case is there for top 100. Question two from Holy Moly, what a goalie. Does any or all of Zetterberg, Datsuk, or Osgood belong in the Hall of Fame? So Jordan and I talked about this for a little bit. Um, Zetterberg and Datsuk aren't going to be you know, the biggest stat numbers compared to like an Ovechkin or uh, Crosby, but they were the heart and soul of a team. They carried that team to... You know, the playoff to the Stanley Cup. Datsuk has won the Lady Bing and so many other prestigious awards. The guy frickin' like changed the game of hockey and did things that I didn't think the moves he did and the defensive play and offensive play. The guy would pick people's pockets. Zetterberg's a proven leader. Um, the guy 
played amazingly well for his career. Unfortunately, it was shortened by the back injury. Um, Osgood, I love Osgood. I, he's not, you know, one of the greatest goalies of all time, but he's a guy that, when push came to shove, could get the job done. I mean, 2008, he took over for Dominic, and he carried that team on his back in the playoffs and some of those games. So I think Zetterberg and Datsuk, to me, are a given. I think Osgood's someone that I would fight for to get in the Hall of Fame. I agree with you, David. I mean, Datsuk, I think, and I, I'm going to be bold here. I think that him and Crosby were the best two players in the league when they were both in their primes. Datsuk. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah I, could, I could get down with that. Hands down. Just so good with the stick handling, made players just look stupid. And he could have been a much better forward in terms of scoring goals, but he decided to play a complete two-way game. Played a great defensive game. One, what was it, three Selkies back-to-back? Yeah. One, the lady being just... There's a reason they call him the Magic Man. He did it all. He made it look effortless. And then when he wanted to be flashy... He just did awesome stuff with Puck. I mean... He would undress goalies. It wasn't even fair. And defensemen. It, it, it just it seemed like he always did little things very quickly that would change the play very quickly. Just whether it's, like you said, pickpocketing somebody, whether it's making a crazy sick play where the puck's way behind him, he reaches his stick back, feeds it through both of his feet, skates past two defenders while he's pulling it through grabs it, and then gets a goal. He literally did it all. Zetterberg, not as flashy as Datsuk, but, I mean, Zetterberg, he's a member of the Triple Gold Club, correct? Like, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Plus, again, the Conn Smythe and the Stanley Cup Championship, plus the fact that, I mean, Captain Frazier, for an original six franchise, carried that team as, you know, the one-two punch for... Basically, 2005 through well, when did you retire? 2014 or 15? Or not? No, no, 2016 or 17? Zetterberg? Yeah. What was it 16, 17 season you retired? I thought it was 17, 18. Yeah, I thought it was 17, 18 because it was um, relatively recent. Let me go. Yeah, it was recent because we haven't had a captain for the last season or so. But He's part of the Triple Gold Club. He retired in. Dun, dun, dun. September 14, 2018. So right before the 2018-2019 season. Okay. So, I mean, he basically captained the team for 10 years after they had the cup. I mean, I think those two are basically givens. Osgood, I would like to say yes. I think that his personal stats are good enough for it. And unfortunately for him, so many people are going to say, well, look at the teams in front of him. If that's the case then what do you say about Patrick Waugh? What do you say about half of the goaltenders who have right. been put on these lists? A lot of them had very good rosters in front of them. I don't I think you can... Patrick Waugh. Fuck Patrick Waugh. But like, I don't you... think you can really disqualify a goaltender because of the team that was in front of them. You have to look at just raw stats, and looking at his stats, I think, yes, he deserves a spot. Evaluating goalies is so weird especially for personal accolades. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, the question is comparables with other Hall of Fame goaltenders. 
comparing his personal stats and where he's at to those other Hall of Fame goaltenders. Uh, I don't know enough about Osgood. Um, Zetterberg and Datsuk, yeah, 100%. I think they're going to be in there, even if it's not first ballot. I, I think that both of them have the the reputations, the merits. Uh, everything about them is their Hall of Fame. Osgood, I just don't know as much about. And it's, is he on par with the other goalies that have made it? And are there goalies that have better stats than him that didn't make it? And why? Mm-hmm. Okay. And the final question, I think we're all going to have the same answer for this one. Would you rather crawl across an Olympic-sized swimming pool lengthwise of non-venomous snakes or be in a smallish room with 10 basketball-sized hornet nests and one fly swatter where you have to fight off and kill everything? Fuck the hornets. They're non-venomous snakes. What's the worst they can do? I'm crawling through those snakes. Like, even if the snakes bite me, do snakes, like... Do snakes have rabies? No, but the bites hurt. I mean, the bites will hurt, but so will the hornets. The hornets could kill you with the yeah, venom the in their things. the hornets have things. a much higher likelihood of killing me. Now, I don't have to swim across the swimming pool, right? I think it's empty, so I would just, like, crawl real fast and then jump yeah. the hell. I can't swim, so I'd end up drowning with snakes is if I had to swim across it. So, yeah, I'll <laughs> crawl. Terrible. It's a terrible way to go. You just... How'd you, you know, I died peacefully in my sleep with yeah. my family all around me. How'd you die? Drowned in a swimming pool full of snakes. Yeah, he drowned. Oh, that's terrible. In a swimming pool filled with snakes. Oh, God. <laughs> Let him through. <laughs> Let he he needs in. this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the snakes. What about you, Jordan? I definitely think the snakes is what I'm going with. I mean, yeah, the bites yeah. will probably hurt when you get bit a couple times, but... I'm going to pass on the Hornets. I've been stung by a Hornet in the ankle as a kid. Hell no. Never again. uh, I mean, neither one is a great situation, but I think think the Snakes is is far more tolerable. How does one... Is this like a a Saw situation where, like, it's going to teach me something about my life? How did I end up here? You're going to wake up and Joe Rogan's going to be outside. Time for Fear Factor. And you're like, but I thought this was canceled. Not anymore. I, we got brought back by Stamps.com. It's a passion project. <laughs> Sponsored by Stamps.com. Oy. Uh, we had a lot of fun today. So, uh, holy moly, what a goalie. Thank you so much for the question. I hope you uh, enjoy hearing talk about uh, all three of them. I hope uh, you decide to send some more. And anyone else, you know, send us some hockey questions or, you know, some questions like that. And here's one for you all to think about. Would you rather fight uh, one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? So there you go. Think about that. I'm going to be thinking about that all night. The question is, how high can the horses jump? Um, pretty high, I'll say. I'll say up to your, up to your head. You know, that they, can jump they still got their head. jumping skills. They can jump kick you in the head, but they're the size. I don't want a duck to jump kick me in the head. True. But the duck's the size of a horse, so that might... Yeah. Unless that I can might... ride the duck and stampede over the duck horses. Oh, man. Like it's some know. sort of ostrich creature. And here, here, here's another one. You walk into a Chuck E. Cheese filled with just angry, violent, you know, fifth graders. I like this. How many do you take before they finally overcome you? I mean, how much sugar have they had? That's the question. Oh, Chuck e, Chucky's been just hammering them with Mountain Dew. 
Chucky Hammer. Monster, no. Because if like, I hear kids, Mountain Dew and cocaine. Because they will crash. That's the thing. The children will crash. So it's like an endurance thing. You just have to last like long enough so that they just eventually just tire out. Exactly. Just don't go to the ball pit. They will drown home. you in the ball pit. And it's with filled snakes. with pee. <laughs> and snakes. Uh, pee yeah. and snakes. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are off the rails, and I love it. We have right, fun I'm, here. Team chaos. All right, I'm going to bring us back around the campfire. So... I think that's pretty much going to be it for this week's episode of the podcast. Um, a two-parter this week because just so much to talk about since we didn't have one last week. Um, with that being said, we'd like to thank you guys all for tuning in to this week's edition of the Stickblade Podcast. At the end of the day, this is a podcast that is by fans and for fans. It's for you guys. So we appreciate interacting with you guys. And if you have any other questions, I mean, like David said, feel free to send them to us. I mean, there are a variety of ways you can do it. And if you want to hit us with the old-fashioned email, which I can't believe email is starting to become outdated at this point, um, the email address is stickbladepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at stickbladepod. Um, it's just starting, but I think we're going to start putting our show on YouTube when I finally figure out how it works. I mean, that's one way you're going to be able to interact with the podcast uh we're on facebook as well again just type in the Stickblade podcast we should pop up there as well so plenty of avenues for you to get in touch with us and find the show um also you can find us on soundcloud or itunes if you want to listen to like previous episodes of the show um obviously the soundcloud is how i'm gonna assume you found the show so if you want to find us on SoundCloud, it's soundcloud.com slash stickbladepodcast. Uh, the iTunes, just you know, go into the Apple Store and type in the Stickblade Podcast. We'll show up there as well. So just plenty of ways to find the podcast and get in touch with us. We really appreciate interacting with you guys. Um, but with all that being said, again, for your host, Jordan Linska, and my co-hosts, David Barnhouse and Tim Stampanato, this has been another edition of the Stickblade Podcast. Hockey is officially back, boys and girls. So let's just enjoy some games, and hopefully we get some good playoff action. Stickblade Podcast, fun. not brought to you by Stamps.com or Captain Crunch Cereal. Yet. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, you guys have a good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever time of day it is where you're listening to us. 2.47 in the morning when you can't sleep. Yeah, have a good evening. We're, afternoon wherever you are what time it is you're listening to stay safe take care of each other and take care of yourselves and we hope you guys tune in again next time we record